Aloha, Shervin here, and welcome to The Waking Hour. This is our moment in time to wake the fake up from the illusions that are holding us back from living in our full power. As Alvin Toffler said, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write, but those who cannot unlearn the many lies that they have been conditioned to believe and seek out the hidden knowledge that they have been conditioned to reject. I invite you all on a journey of self-exploration where together we unlock the keys to living the best life ever. All right, we are here. This is very, very, very special to me to have you in front of me in the material realm to be able to go into some deep, deep conversations about so many things that are misunderstood Mm. in this reality. Ladies and gentlemen, family, tribe, soul tribe, I'm welcoming you all to the life and to the energy and frequency of Miss Amber Hartnell, AKA the orgasmic birther. Welcome to Wake the Fake Up. It's so good to see you. Thank you, Charvine. It's really such a pleasure to get to be here and have this conversation with you today. Every time I see you, I feel like I'm looking at myself. Mm. You know, it's a deep reflection. We've had that energy exchange over the last several years. And we always seem to come together at very interesting moments. I think it was a year and a half ago, we were in Nevada together, mm-hmm. meeting with Carlos Santana and Cindy, and Cindy Santana, mm-hmm. who I just had a conversation with, and I just received flowers from her yesterday. Yeah, so sweet. that's interesting synchronicity. <laughs> and um, you just got back from Mama Kauai. Most people who know me know that I spend a lot of time out there, that mm-hmm. we have a farm in the North Shore, mm-hmm. a biodynamic mm-hmm. farm. And Mama Kauai is the, the nourishing womb in the material world existence for my life. Mm-hmm. And I can feel that mana coming off of you. Mm. What what are you feeling right now coming back on the <laughs> mainland? How is Mama Kawaii right now? Just give a little bit of that and then we'll go into everything else. All right. Well, I have spent most of this past year on Mama Kawaii, as we like to call her, because she so is the mama and just nestles you into her bosom and nourishes so deeply. Mm. So I am feeling very juicy and alive, well-nourished, fully flourishing, which is saying quite a lot in this time that we're living in right now to be taking a stand for flourishing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one of those things where most people... They could be just trying to exist or mm-hmm. just trying to live on. Where as human beings, we're so dynamic to everything around us, mm-hmm. including the sun, the mm-hmm. moon, the stars, the earth. And somewhere like Kauai provides that level of mana and that level of nourishment mm-hmm. because she's injecting it into everything there. Yes. You know, you throw a seed over there and that thing becomes a tree within a few weeks. Effortlessly. Effortlessly. And the same thing happens to our dynamic emotional state and our mm-hmm. energies and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I think it's real um, it's a good mirror that we're talking about, Mama Kawaii, mm-hmm. because this conversation is all about the feminine. Mm. It's all about the beauty and the resonance of holding the power from within mm. and not getting caught up in you know information that's misleading, mm-hmm. information that's fleeting, mm-hmm. going running into walls. And it's about the openness and the channels that are open. So you are 
the orgasmic birther. You experience an orgasm while giving birth to your child. Is that correct? Uh, more than one orgasm, actually. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it is. Was that correct. planned? No, it was a spontaneous experience. I was not aware that orgasmic birth was actually a thing prior to actually having the experience of it. Uh, for the 12 hours that I was in labor, I was in a sustained state of ecstasy, much to my surprise. And a little caveat with that, for me, ecstasy is really about our capacity to experience the full spectrum of mm. all of it, right? Without denying any of it. So it's the willingness to feel everything is what actually enables an ecstatic state to be known. So I experienced that through the labor. In the second half of the labor, when I entered into the water, much to my surprise, when the energy kept picking up and growing in intensity, it manifested as an intensely pleasurable. And I say intense because it was the most intense pleasure I'd ever felt in my life up wow. until that point. Wow. It did upgrade. So it's a, sur so a surrender into it? Yes. And if you don't know... Women are built with a faculty of pain tolerance mm -hmm. that men don't have. I think we can go there, mm -hmm. but just the fact that you create life and you give the birth has given you uh, an innate ability, almost like a, a chromosome, if you will, mm -hmm. to go into hyper levels of pain. And as we all know, there's a thin line between pain and ecstasy and energy and all of those things. And so you didn't know that that was coming but literally <laughs> you went into that yes. during the labor. And I'm assuming, and I'll just say this because the audience might not know you, this wasn't in a hospital. No. This was a home this was a home birth. Mm -hmm. A home water birth. Home water birth yeah. and done within the elementals mm -hmm. and the traditional way of giving birth outside of, you know, the modern mechanistic way. Yeah, the natural way of giving birth with a midwife present to support the process. She didn't do much. It really was actually a very internally guided process. Mm. And to back up a little bit and give some context for what even enabled this experience to be possible for me, when I conceived my child, the first guidance that came was to not read any books, to not fill my head with information, but in fact to empty out so that I would be clear and available to hear moment by moment exactly what was required to keep guiding me into connection with the intrinsic wisdom that was precisely guiding every moment free from any static of my mind trying to do anything or guide me in any way or integrate any information that I have absorbed. So it was actually the preparation was emptying out to in order to be in that surrendered state and then there are definitely capacities that I have cultivated over decades. Um, we can go into some of those stories if we want to from my childhood of, of what began to catalyze my understanding of how to be with pain. Right. How to sit with it and be comfortable with it. Yes. I, I love what you're saying here. So it's almost like wringing something out. Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of removing all the predisposed ideas and mm -hmm. concepts. This is also a Steiner perspective. Steiner said you don't want to indoctrinate children. Mm -hmm. You want to let them their ability to grow through their intrinsic knowledge yes. that's you know we now know is within our DNA field mm -hmm. through quantum mechanics and quantum entanglement. So through the process allowing your natural God-given ancestral ability to evolve through it, which innately creates ideas, concepts, mm -hmm. and new thought processes. This is the epigenetic code. Yes. Essentially, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yes. And then so 
take me on the ride, mm -hmm. take me on the journey of what that felt like mm -hmm. and what did you get from it after the experience? Mm -hmm. Well, so going into the birth, the intention that I had set forth for myself was very simple and that was to be absolutely present and that I would meet the intensity with all of my presence and my breath and keep diving into it and dissolve any expectations of how the birth was even to go to allow it to unfold free from any bindings of my attachments to what I even wanted to experience in it, but to remain empowered and embodied. That was it. So through that experience- So no pain meds, no epidural. No, no nothing <laughs> of the sort. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, well, and it was timeless. And honestly, it was a bit of a psychedelic experience. For sure. Profoundly so, actually. And so in the first six hours, I found myself in this beautiful soft space I had created, and between two positions, over and over again, I would flow between rising up on my hands and knees when the rushes would come, which I called the contractions rushes because I did not feel contracted in the experience of them. There were these intense rushes of energy, yet because I was opening and allowing the energy to move all the way through me, I felt expansion mm. through each rush that would come. Wow. And... So you're oscillating between those two. Exactly. It was so, almost like a way, like a figure eight pattern. Well, in actually, it was more of a spiral. Okay. So in between, so in the rushes would come. I would rise up on all fours. The spiral would start at my sacrum, and it would just move all the way through my body, through my head, and I would be spiraling and breathing mm. while that intense energy moved through, and it felt like a dance, this wow. cosmic dance that was occurring. And then in between, I would go down into child's pose with my big belly between my knees, my two my legs, and I would rest in stillness mm. and in those moments I could feel it was like all of the energy from the universe was gathering and potentizing into my core and I would rest there until the next rush would come and it was all involuntary it would rise me up on my knees again and I would move with it so I went in between this pulsing between the activity and the stillness for about six hours wow which felt like a blip of time honestly felt like no time was passing it's, that is a medicine journey it was I completely mean, timelessness biochemicals endorphins mm -hmm. I mean God knows what you were tapping into yeah. on a cosmic level absolutely yeah there's so many things that the eyes don't see mm -hmm. that we can't weigh touch mm -hmm. or feel how and, did this come to, to about uh, how did you get here what, what experiences led you into this awareness? It wasn't like you just went and did an ayahuasca journey no. and realized how to cultivate a child within your small frame, <laughs> right? You're a very not. petite woman. Mm -hmm. what, how did, what, what happened? Well, honestly, the story starts when I was quite young. Mm. And it began when I was seven. At seven years old, I experienced my mother suddenly passing in a scuba diving accident. So she was super healthy, vital, a really magical, special woman. And so the night that she died, she came and visited me and woke me up from sleeping. I had the experience of her being in physical form. Now, whatever was happening, I can't really explain what it was. For my little seven-year-old girl, I experienced my mother waking me up, pulling me onto her lap, holding me, soothing me, letting me know that she was so sorry that she had to leave. And, and essentially, she began to open my perception. So I experienced first the concept of time collapsing entirely. So in that moment, I was experiencing everything all at once. 
There's no other words I can really possibly put to describe it. And then out of that, my awareness of the immediacy of what was about to unfold in my path became present. And with it, all of the information, which was overwhelming because it was it was dark. It felt painful. It was destructive. Yeah. And in that moment, <gasps> I breathed in overwhelm and she looked at me in the eye and said, the time coming up is going to be extremely difficult. Wow. Yet, absolutely necessary. And you will make it through and you'll know that you're loved even when it's not apparent on the outside. In that moment, she opened me into my connection from the core of my being to source. And I fundamentally knew that I am the source of love and that we are all that, right? right. I wasn't special in that. Yeah, there's no separation No, there. and I knew my fundamental identity as being that. And that could never be taken away from me. So... From that point, my father stepped back into the picture because he was not in my life really much after two, other than one time. He was a stranger to me. And he took my brother and I to Azores, Portugal, which is where he lived. He was in the military. And the next seven years that I had my father were what I saw in that vision with my mother. It was extremely difficult. As contrasting of an experience of being with my loving, caring, fun mother, to my father, who was a, a deeply damaged man. You know, he was severely tormented as a child, and that then manifested as uh, severe alcoholism. Um, he was in the military, so he had all of that indoctrination of what that is to be in the military as well. Sure. Uh, he was delusional, so he was a very fragmented split. A lot of things were happening in his head that weren't happening here. Were you aware at the time, being his daughter, mm -hmm. seeing all of these, you know, characteristics? And being able to look at it from outside of the lens of the situation you're in and seeing his faults, did your mom prepare you for that in a sense? Were you, were you just immediately catapulted into like a wise sage experiencing this? outside of yourself uh there was a both and, there was a both and experience happening there was always this perspective that my mother gifted me with that was um outside of it like I could observe everything from a higher perspective and there was always a sense of no matter what I'm going through this is just what needs to happen and somehow there's a purpose to everything even if I don't understand it in the moment and there's a light at the end of this tunnel so I never I never got lost in it you didn't you didn't get lost in the permanence of it I didn't get lost in the yeah. permanence of it right. and as I'll continue to share my story you'll hear some of the the gifts that began to get turned on through these challenging experiences and I was a seven-year-old girl who was just doing her best with a whole stack of trauma all at once it was a lot losing my mother one layer pulled out of my life that was comfortable and safe and that I loved another layer taken to be with a man who was a stranger to me that I did not feel safe with a whole nother layer in a foreign country a whole nother layer suddenly having to step into the role of being mother a whole nother layer because he didn't know how to be a father and so I suddenly was thrust in that position for my brother and I of caring for us and making sure that we were fed and the house was clean and all the things that my mother had done I was suddenly doing and um, on top of all of that, I discovered very quickly that my father also was physically abusive. Mm. So he began to whip me pretty quickly into the experience to discipline me, right? And I knew that I was a good person. I knew that I didn't deserve it, right? I also came to realize quickly that there was no real rhyme or reason for it because of the delusion. He would just decide that it was time to discipline me. And so I was being whipped with about 
And I was contracting in a ball, just waiting for it to get over because it hurt. A few times into that experience is when the clear audience, this voice in my head just opened up and it said simply, let go into the bed. And so I went from contracting in a ball, which is resistance, right, to the pain, to releasing as much resistance as I was capable of in that moment. And as I did so, I noticed that it hurt less. So from that moment on, every time that it was time for me to get whipped again, which there was frequent opportunity to practice it, I was really experimenting with how much more can I let go into the bed? It was simply that. And each time I was able to let go more and more and more until I got to the point where I was actually able to release the resistance to the impact of the whipping. And in doing so, it could move right through me with very minimal pain. Sometimes no pain, but at least minimal. I was able to reach more of a place of neutrality with it, right? So in that- water. Yeah, exactly. Be like water. Be like water. Or hollow bamboo is another analogy I've used. You become hollow and then there's nothing for it to stick onto, right? And so it can actually move all the way through. Now- And you mean this on a, so for the listener, this is on a emotional capacity. This which, is emotional and which, physical. Which ultimately allows the physical exactly. to yes. open up. Yeah, right? and that was what I was just about to say was yeah. this takes an immense amount of focus, yeah. right? And it's the opposite of disassociating because mm-hmm. when we disassociate, we're actually going up and out of our body so we're not feeling yeah, as much not, what's happening. That's escapism, exactly. numbing, right. all these things. And yeah. when we do so, then whatever whatever the traumas we're experiencing, it gets solidified in our system, like these crystallized imprints because we're not actually capable or resourced enough to be with it fully. It's through not fully feeling the entirety of whatever's arising in our experience that it then crystallizes and it creates a layer of the dramatization of pain, the story of the pain gets created around it. And then we just end up cycling and looping through these, these, the, the pain that we haven't fully been with. The, this is where, you know, trauma and scar tissue mm-hmm. within the soul starts to really, you know, run rampart in someone's life. Absolutely. You know, the teenager that was bullied at, you know, as a little kid, and then all of a sudden created a scar tissue around that wound and then, you know, worked on developing a false ego yep. and becoming to, a macho person. And Absolutely. There's thousands of different you know, avenues of this. So mm-hmm. what you're saying here is to fully embody that torture mm-hmm. and to feel into it so the mind, body, soul connection is not hiding it anywhere in the physical. Yes, Which ultimately, ultimately. leads to dis-ease, yes. trauma, and all forms of breakdown. Yeah. This, is very, this is very powerful. It's very powerful because yeah. The, the renaissance of the psychedelic world right now and sacred medicine it's a it's a it's a ticket almost to go directly into those wounds what yes. you're talking about is prevention mm-hmm. of going into those wounds whenever possible whenever possible yes. yeah whenever possible yeah. you know th- this is a conversation life is life mm-hmm. but we how we move and navigate through the poetry of life is going to really dictate the outcome. Absolutely. So, so keep going. This is very fascinating. Yeah. So um, to pick back up on where I was. Okay, so yeah, so I'm developing this capacity, right, yep. to be with, to fully be with all that was arising in my experience. Mm-hmm. And there was so much content to work with that it was a very accelerated, intensive learning. Um did you learn it quick? You had to. Well, almost, I had right? to. I had to, you know, and it was 
it was certainly minimizing the impact of the trauma. Sure. It wasn't completely mitigating it. Right. I mean, I was just suddenly learning a, these things. I'm still a child, yeah. you know, and yeah. and there was the longing to just be held and nurtured and love and that not being present. So there was none of that at all. None. Okay, none so he was whatsoever. completely disassociated as being your father and he was just more probably just like, How did I get here? type frequency or maybe he was sick i don't know he was not well in a lot of different ways okay. he did his best with what he was working with okay that's all i can say for yeah. him you know and um yeah so a few years into that experience i had another turning point opening experience that irrevocably changed me and really essentially shaped and formed me and in one of these moments where i'm being whipped suddenly everything shifted into slow motion. Mm. I like to use the um, the description of in the matrix when mm. the bullets are coming at Neo and he has a super long response time. It yep. was like that experience yeah. for me. And I'm looking into the space in front of me and I could see just, I could see the space. And I, they called them later the dancing particles. Uh, dynamic, moving, shifting. And I was fascinated by what I was seeing. And then I looked down at my arm and I realized, my arm was made up of the same things and looked down at the bed and I'm looking around and realize nothing is actually solid here. And there's this moment of revelation, like, wow, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then my awareness just shifted because it was free from my body. So my body's still face down on the bed and I just turned to face my father. And there he was with the belt coming towards me slowly. And then I watched him in that moment melt down from a grown man into about a three-year-old boy. Mm. And then I saw him getting abused and I saw his father getting abused and I could just see this chain of pain that went far back that was passed on. And then I saw that as a line of energy actually moving through his out his right hand, holding the belt that was coming towards my body. Yeah. And then the moment where the belt actually came in contact with my bottom, it was this very slow waveform of those particles like up my body. <laughs> and my heart spontaneously just opened and felt like a vacuum cleaner. And it was sucking that entire line of energy. It was sucking it up. And this indescribably immense compassion exploded through me uh, i mean it felt like a supernova of compassion for all the all this lineage all of the pain yeah. and all i could see was this little boy who had been so hurt so damaged and traumatized by what he had experienced right and and i just saw the split that happened in his being right and so although his body continued to grow into becoming a full-grown man part of him stopped growing yeah. And, and the delusion and all of the things that had manifested, I could just see it for what it was. Like mm. he was just doing his best to just make it, you know, feeling so, so much suffering with the pain that he had no idea how to deal with. So, so he drank to numb it. You know, there's all the things that he did to, to numb it. So when you had this cathartic moment of seeing your lineage mm -hmm. and how that seed had been passed on, planted mm -hmm. into generations above you, what then, where did your mind, where did your revelations go? I mean, mm -hmm. ultimately, that's a huge awareness to yes. have at such an early age, to have compassion for the one that's supposed to be protecting yeah. you, which is in fact hurting you. Exactly. And and ultimately forg mastery. forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it really showed me it's like, oh, and some of these, some of the languaging I developed later to describe my experience. I didn't have some of the words when I was that age, but really in hindsight, what I realized was that, you know, if we actually really drop it down to the most fundamental level, as I saw it there, there's really no such thing as a victim and a perpetrator. It's just pain propagating pain, sure. right? And yeah. 
it's up to us to break the cycle. Yeah. And so that's where I, I really realize myself as this stops here with me. Right. Like this, this lineage is actually being transmuted. And I, I didn't have that word, but that's the function that just turned on in that moment of my heart, <laughs> sucking it all up. It just opened in absolute vulnerability and just absorbed it entirely and then transmuted it into something more beautiful. That is ultimately liberation because, you know, what I came to understand through this entire seven-year cycle was that we really have no control over the conditions that we find ourselves in, mm -hmm. right? Yet we do have complete command over how we respond to them, which determines how we experience them. And so even if we're actually imprisoned, we can still be free. If we're not imprisoned on the inside, like we may, we may be bound and held and confined in some way, yet if we don't allow that to hold us down and we know that we're free, we're free. Absolutely. And no one can take that away from us. And so I just decided that, and it was clearly the curriculum of my life that was being laid out before me that, okay, well, whatever is arising in my experience, then on some level, there's an agreed upon exchange. So I'm simply going to be present unavailable for it, whether it's preferred or not. <laughs> and so this person before me <laughs> displaying whatever they're displaying, I've trained myself to stay present and to get really curious about what's underneath the surface of what's obvious here, right? And, and Without judgment. Without judgment. Yeah. Without judgment, because yeah. I understand we're all really doing the best we can with what we're working with. Yeah. And because of my own experiences of what I've lived through, my father, like what I've observed, the countless individuals that I've supported to transform, like we all have our unique curriculum we're working with, and it is not easy being human on this planet right. at this time. Yeah. So compassion for everyone's journey and knowing, wow, we we develop all kinds of strategies through the situations we find ourselves in, the way we grow and develop. And um, it's not obvious, you know, to even recognize those. And so to see in another, you know, what's being displayed as that's the strategy they learn to work with, right? So if I don't take it personally, I don't make it about me. And again, I stay present and curious about what's actually wanting to be heard here or understood. I'll always find a gift in any challenge. I call it hunting hunting in the muck for pearls. It's just like I know there's a, there's a gem in here somewhere and I'm going to get I'm going to get down and dirty and find it. Aho, <laughs> aho sister. Yeah. I mean this this is the philosophy of freedom mm -hmm. at the core of it. This is what sovereignty means. Yes. You know, being in prison doesn't mean like you said in a jail cell or with shackles on, mm -hmm. physical shackles. It's the mind controlling yeah. the inner mind and holding us in a box. Absolutely. And the system that's in place right now has been serving that box mentality very well. Mm -hmm. And you add on to that the fact that nobody, for the most part, is working on their trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just been hidden. It's just been put down under the ground. And we're supposed to be taught, especially as a man, I was always taught through my peers and through school, you know, I got to be the toughest. I yeah. got to be the Suck strongest. Suck it up. Hold it in. Suck it up. Mm -hmm. Contract. Mm -hmm. Flex. And all those things. And that never worked for me. Mm -hmm. You know, energetically, that just made me crazier and angrier and wanting to fight and wanting to be bigger and stronger. And, As it and will. show my dominance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through the surrendering process over the last 15 years, 
I've been able to slowly take chunks of that out yeah. and really tap into, I, I wouldn't even say it's my feminine, but it's just, it's my true self. Yeah. You know? Yes. We, we, the natural embodied, self. The natural self. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I can see things for what they are yes. versus what I suppose them to be. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, that's, that's a process we all must go through if mm -hmm. we want to be free is the deconditioning, right? Yeah. Um, and that's really what I've devoted my life to, to first and foremost being a living demonstration of it. You know, absolutely devoted. That's the beginning. That's right the beginning there. of anything. Your embodiment. That's it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. And and to be in full integrity with myself within that, which sometimes means disrupting what others want of me. You know, or yeah. the societal conditioning. And so, yes, my my primary orientation is around embodying this, demonstrate it in every possible way, which included the birth. You know, and we'll come back to that. I know we're having a nice meandering conversation here, but yeah, no, this um, is lovely. This yeah. is great. For people to receive, yeah, uh, including myself, because it's like a muscle. Mm -hmm. You know, you got you keep training it, and this is what the discipline. This is what rituals are for, and I'm yeah. sure you have your steady rituals, absolutely, on how you go about this concept because it is a crazy world right mm -hmm. now, and we are thrown through interference cycles 24 seven, and there's a lot of angry people out there. Indeed, you know? yeah, we have a lot to contend with. Yep. It more than ever, mm -hmm. it takes an Herculean effort of focus <laughs> to actually pierce through the noise to mm -hmm. get a clear signal, to yeah. be a clear signal, right? Yeah. And so um, I love to swing back around on this piece around the pain. Like, again, what, what actually prepared me for this birth, coming out of these experiences with my father, you know, and what I cultivated when I've been able to now articulate and successfully transmit to others for them to find this function within themselves because it is actually the most natural thing once we begin to peel back all the layers that we've accumulated around our wholeness right because i i know with absolute certainty that we arrive on this planet whole and complete intact like an essence in a body right with a a, a coherent, unique blueprint that has all of the information contained within it for us to flourish and become all that we intended to become in our fullest expression. And just like a seed, like an acorn, right? It contains all of the information to become a magnificent oak tree. Mm -hmm. It just simply needs the proper conditions of nourishment in order to thrive naturally, right? right. So... You know, we then go through this process of accumulating layers of, of whether it's adopting the familial ancestral conditioning, right? All that programming, uh, the indoctrination of the educational system, which has been de very deliberately set up to indoctrinate us to think in a very narrow way, Agreed. right? Um, the cultural conditioning, the media, I mean, all that we are just inundated with from all directions telling us how to be, which essentially all of that is set up to divorce us from our innate connection to our wholeness, to our essence, to our natural self, right? Where it's obvious. Absolutely. So It's also obvious from this place. So mm. once we begin that process of peeling away, it starts to become clear. Then we realize that, ooh, we have to access some courage in order to actually face into what we've been programmed to turn away from. Right, because all of society, everything, the pharmaceutical industry, it's like, nope, don't feel. Oh, you're feeling too much? Oh, well, let's give you some medicine to numb you so that you can just function, right? Rather than actually offering the tools and the resources, which are quite simple, to bring people into contact with whatever's been suppressed or repressed on any level that's keeping us bound into a distorted, smaller version of ourself, right? Feeling ineffective and unfulfilled in the world which is like a slow death, yeah. right? Disabling the power Absolutely. from within. Yeah. yeah, and so really, you know, what I observe is that we have most people walking around afraid to die, 
right? Which means that they're only half alive. Yeah. And so it's actually, we have to be willing to face death ultimately, to face our fear of death. Because every time that we experience pain and then it Contract. we constrict it, yeah, right? Yeah. When we have to approach it to feel it, it feels like we're dying. Mm -hmm. It's like a mini death that's right. required of us. It's a death of the ego, of a small self every single time. And so we have to be willing to face that. And Th this is it. really important. Mm -hmm. the, the, what, what you're getting into right now might be one of the most important conversations to have today. Mm -hmm. Most people are walking around fearing death. Yep. And they're fearing of being outside of their body. They're fearing of be not being themselves. They're fearing of not being familiar with anything other than what they are today. Mm -hmm. And that is re that's you know causing havoc within one's ability, one's karmic ability to be here and operate and do what they're destined to be doing. Absolutely. And that's to live in happiness, to mm -hmm. grow, to love. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, what's happening when we have that disconnection? We remove all empathy. We've mm -hmm. lost our empathy. Children are losing their empathy at an early age. Yes. So I love what you just said right there. That's mm -hmm. well, probably, in my personal opinion, one of the most important topics that needs to be discussed on an open platform. Mm -hmm. The taboos are falling apart. The taboos are not holding their, you know, their value anymore. Yes. You know, and that that goes across the board. Yeah. Thank <laughs> goodness. I mean, how, we've forgotten what we've forgotten. Yes. You know, and this is a remembering. So. Please continue mm. on that aspect of feeling into the loss of self mm -hmm. and why have we turned to symptomology of masking these these feelings by escaping to things that just cloud our mind and take us away from the presence. Mm -hmm. but, but what do you see out there that is, you know, yeah. a way to move move through that essentially? Yeah. Well, why, right? Again, so much programming. Yeah. The the tells us it's not safe to feel it's really simply right and so to reclaim our birthright to feel deeply richly fully right because our ability to experience like the agonizing depths of pain whatever's there is in direct correlation to our capacity to experience ecstatic joy and bliss like it, it really yeah. the, the more we're willing to go in the depths of that feeling the the further our bandwidth expands to those heightened states right so and likewise contrary like if we're unwilling to feel our experience gets very narrow mm. very very narrow mm. and so that courage to actually be willing to face into what we've been unwilling to and oftentimes we need a guide you know initially at least to get us started because sometimes we're at a loss of where to even start because we've never actually been taught or correctly modeled how to be with our feeling like and and it's very visceral so i like to offer some really simple techniques that um they're simple in theory not necessarily simple in practice right especially initially because it's like any muscle it's, it is a muscle and you have to work it for it to feel natural and easy. But once you work it and you've got those neurological grooves like ingrained, then it's easy to slide back, slide into them and for it to become an automatic function when things are arising. But initially, first it takes being actually able to start to come into the body, you know, mm -hmm. because it has to be somatically encountered because these imprints are somatically held in the body. So they're not just ideas or in the emotional body. They're physical as right. well. They There's become, always a physical correspondence. They become part of your autonomic nervous system, if you if you will. Yep. And it's it's part of the peripheral physiology, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the becoming human being. Mm -hmm. You know, it's creating these synapses 
and these remembrance codes. This is the this is the juicy part, mm -hmm. in my opinion, because there's a lot of theory out there, and we can theorize so many different concepts, but until they're actually becoming free forming and ingrued into your everyday, mm -hmm. it's just a theory. Just a theory, yep. and it's ineffective. Just like ninety nine percent of science today that's being forced down our throats by the yes. cult of scientism, it's all theory. Indeed, and <laughs> not not very rigorously <laughs> engaged with at all. <laughs> let's do let's do some of these uh, practices. Yeah, great. So so really simply, I mean, you could choose one one thing you're working with, like identify a cyclically looping pattern, right, that continues to manifest uh, something you've interacted with, and to, the first step is to actually turn our attention inwards and to begin to locate where it lives in the body, and if you stay with it long enough, you'll find it. And then once you locate it in the body, to start to become intimate with the pure, raw sensation of it, right? To actually drop beneath the story of why it's even there, wh where it comes from, that actually becomes irrelevant. And to start to, again, feel. And so is it dull and achy? Is it sharp and pingy? Is it, is it electric and quivering? I mean, there's a variety of sensations, textures. Does it have color to it? I mean, everybody perceives in different ways. So just getting intimate with the pure raw sensation is that step. Once we have that, you can, you can actually be in relationship with it. So to all that it's actually asking for simply is our full presence and our breath. So once we come in a relationship with it, to be with it and to start to feel it. And as we're feeling, moving slowly in towards the center of it. So we're starting on the peripheral and we're feeling what's there and we breathe with it. And then you just keep spiraling, slowly moving your attention into this mass that you've located in your body, right? As this physical mass of energy and the sensation. And sometimes I actually visualize myself shrinking down to the size of a particle, right? Because what can seem like a dense mass when you actually get down to the level of a, of a quantum level is a lot of space between all the particles. So I find that visually really helps me and that's helped some other people as well if you're a visual person. And so you can imagine that your particle beginning to swim into this, this mass of particles that are vibrating in a dense pattern. And so breath by breath, as you come into it, you bring the full breath into it. And with each exhale, you can just begin to see it dissipating, that there's more space, it becomes a little more dense. And it's a nonlinear organic process. In one session, you might come all the way to the center of it and feel it unravel through the body. It might take several sessions, depending on how impacted that trauma is. You know, some things will take, you'll have to come layer by layer. And yet to recognize that each time you approach it, each time you feel any amount of it, you're setting it free. It's getting easier. There's less density to it. The next time you come back, it's, you're going to have an easier time with it. So to be patient with the process, that's another thing is the, to not need to rush through our healing, that we can simultaneously be a masterpiece Absolutely. and a work in progress yeah. at the same time and to I'm, enjoy that journey. I really enjoyed that. And I, I th this is part of my, you know, daily inspection of self mm -hmm. you know we i always tell people we got to inspect ourselves before we inspect anyone else Agreed. or we to reach into someone's 
you know, cur- lift mm-hmm. someone's curtains if we're not doing the work ourselves. Yeah, there's always those, those three fingers pointing back at you, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> and um, when I go into some of my my inner stuff, I start to realize that I can break free of a lot of patterns and I start to mm-hmm. see pattern interruptions. And those pattern interruptions are cues for myself where I'm like, okay, things are going the right way. Mm-hmm. I'm not going back into those patterns. And those patterns can be anything. I'm, you know, what Amber is talking about could be emotional thoughts. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a physical activity, no. you know, force. It could be your immediate fears, pains, mm-hmm. traumas. Right. And anger, a lot of anger. Um, I, I seem to sit in that sometimes mm-hmm. about wh- how we got here. Mm-hmm. You know, why this? Why me? Why are these things? Why didn't this didn't go the perfect way? What does yeah. perfect even mean? <laughs> it's interesting. This is all medicine for me as well. Mm. So to keep keep flowing with this mm-hmm. and keep going going there. So let's talk about motherhood Mm -hmm. and let's start let's talk about the cosmic alchemy of making love Mm -hmm. and creating a child because we talk about you know i've I've done i've done multiple interviews on you know the modern day medical system on drugs on pitocin Mm. on cesareans on how they're coddling babies on the lighting in the hospitals removing the father from the equation Mm -hmm. what that's doing between the relationship and the mom so many things but I think at the root of it is the cosmic alchemy of love making at mm. the beginning, mm-hmm. even before there is a beautiful child being developed mm-hmm. in the womb. That's you know? where it all starts. That's where it all starts. Yes, and, indeed. And I know it, it's been spoken about at nauseum regarding the porn industry mm-hmm. and what that what kind of destruction that's done over the last hundred years yeah. in terms of the alchemy between a man and woman mm-hmm. and how we've totally lost our way in terms of that into me you see the intimacy and all that but from your perspective do you agree that the cosmic alchemy of channeling and the love making is the ultimate force of this life oh without question yes Yes. (laughs) okay all right Mm -hmm. so tell me your perspective on you know someone who's listening to this Mm -hmm. and they are maybe they're in a relationship, we have a couple who's in a relationship and they're thinking about having a baby. Mm. I always tell them, why are you, first of all, why are you guys together and why do you mm-hmm. want to have a baby? Good question just, to be asking. It, right. Yes. Is it just because the family <laughs> and society and everything that right. you were taught has told you this is the way it's supposed to be done mm-hmm. or is there something deeper there Yes, that has not been said? I would yeah. strongly encourage these questions to be asked because I do know countless couples who have had a child when maybe that wasn't actually the highest choice for them. And and it was because of belief systems, you know, or this is the right thing to do, or this is what my family or society expects of me, right? This is just the next step in the progression of, you know, what it means to be a human, you know, and a grown adult. So and fear of losing your partner. That too, as well. There's so many expectations, reasons. Yes, all this stuff. So much it can come up. Yeah. And so, you know, if we before making that huge choice, I mean it changes everything huge. when you have a child. Everything. For the rest of your life, right? Uh, To be very deliberate about that, going in, like, why are we bringing life in? You know, are our values aligned around how we want to raise this child, right? Because there's all too often conflict that that results in that. And um, yes, I I feel if we did this, that... (laughs) um, The children would be getting a much better start, first of all. And then they're... 
there's a lot of irresponsibility that I see in parenting, you yeah. know, of parents who just aren't parenting because right. they don't actually want to be parenting, yeah. you know, and they kind of just fell into it for whatever reason. So they backdoored themselves, they backdoored into themselves it. in and they yeah. were not even fully developed as adults. Exactly. Either, you know, right? so the models that they're actually giving their children to, again, continuing that Same pattern. the cycle of distortion. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. This, yeah. This is, I think, th this is another crucial aspect. We're going to, you know, we're in the Gregorian calendar, 21st century, and mm -hmm. very interesting times. But these things matter because mm -hmm. one shift in generations can change the whole landscape of our reality. Absolutely. We, se we seem to have lost that. Everybody on this earth today, okay, at some point are going to be in the ground. Okay. Yes, at some point. At some point. Mm -hmm. So it, that shows you that a conscious shift can change the entire trajectory of where we are today. Absolutely. And it has to start from the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. It can't be this new age, hyper, super con conceptual arts that are so outrageously you know, algorithmic. Agreed. It needs to be coming very, very grounded, rooted, relevant grounded, to life. Relevant, <laughs> yeah, all of that. Yes. Once that's there, then we can start going into some of those concepts. Well, it's just like nature, right? Yeah. Nature, everything in nature is based on very simple fundamental parameters and structures, right? And yet nature innovates and expresses to in, in infinite complexity. Yet yeah, the infinite complexity is all based on very simple fundamental parameters. So when we align first with the fundamental, then all of our choices and everything can be a congruent outpicturing of that. Exactly. Good, taking it back to the laws of nature mm -hmm. where nature doesn't make any mistakes. Doesn't. Yeah, everything's there. And so, but humans having free will and having free choice you know, is very interesting, right? And then we can get into theology and the God perspective. But ultimately, we're embodying the God mode within us. We all come mm -hmm. from the same place. At least that's my perspective. I agree with that. Right? And so I'm looking at you. You're looking at me right now. We're seeing each other's soul, mm -hmm. which is sharing the same entity. We're part of mm -hmm. that same wisdom channel. We're yes. part of that same origin. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing is that this whole separation thing is, is really creating a disturbance in the field. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, the loss of connection ultimately is the straight of disease. Yes. And, and how we do anything is how we do everything mm -hmm. right so going back to the roots of you know this primordial force that you've cultivated as a child mm -hmm. who which has allowed you to go into this i would say almost artistic lens that mm -hmm. you have today mm -hmm. that's free mm -hmm. in all its glory to be able to be <laughs> you know in your power and, mm -hmm. and don't get it twisted people this doesn't mean that you can't experience sadness oh. and pain. That means I, I the opposite. I think I made that very clear. It means the opposite. It means that I am fully willing yeah. to feel an experience at high volume, in high definition, all of it. All of it. All of it. Yeah. And, and my experience is when we allow for it, it's a wave. It moves through. And then we're at peace again. So th this is a good um, analogy to that is... Acute inflammation in the body is necessary for survival. Mm. For example, if I twist my ankle, right, mm -hmm. it swells up. Mm -hmm. Immediately, growth factors, white blood cells, blood flow enter my ankle to heal that area, mm -hmm. and it comes at it aggressively, mm -hmm. right? 
That is feeling it, yeah. getting to the root of it, solving it. Yes. We now know you're not supposed to ice a sprained ankle <laughs> because when you ice it, you constrict it mm -hmm. and you numb it out and you don't allow that area to heal. You interrupt the natural healing you process. You interrupt the natural healing mm -hmm. process. Now that's acute inflammation, mm -hmm. but chronic systemic inflammation mm -hmm. where everywhere has low grade inflammation constantly and you're just stuck in that loop. Mm -hmm. That is the pathway to disease, yes. to every disease you can imagine from heart disease, cancers, lymphomas, all of it mm -hmm. to neurodegenerative, all that. Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing that what you're saying here mm -hmm. is that you're able to go and experience something mm -hmm. and fully feel it mm -hmm. and have that depth of energy and that frequency within it and know it and feel what that feels like. And because you embody it, you're able to shift directly out of that into a new beginning, into a new chapter, because yes. nothing is permanent. And it's the same thing with our health. Yes. They, they probably Direct correlate course, directly. Absolutely. As you were yeah. speaking about the inflammation, I was thinking, well, so many people are walking around with chronic inflammation, right? And I know from my experience, when I, I got unwell at one point and I experienced inflammation over a period of time, how much that diminishes our capacity to be with life. Because then we end up hypersensitive and unable to simply process the information of whatever we're interacting with. So compassion for you know what we're experiencing in our body that does narrow our bandwidth and our capacity to be with life. So always like addressing the body, the health and wellness of the body, that is fundamental. Like you're, you're not going to be well in spirit if the body is not well. You sound like a modern day uh, Rudolf Steiner priestess because he pretty much said that exact quote. <laughs> mm -hmm. He said, you know, disease starts as a spiritual affliction, mm -hmm. you know, and it makes, you know, he, he wrote a book called The Manifestations of Karma mm. and he looked at pathologies. This was in the you know early 1900s and he saw that most pathologies had a hereditary influence and it wasn't based on genealogy. It was based on a mental approach mm -hmm. and studying mental disease. And if you think about it, if you're someone that, you know, goes into disease early in life, there was some kind of mental affliction right. that put you there. Right. Right. Because your decision making, your thoughts, yes. you know, your thoughts create your reality. Absolutely. Your perception is your reality. And the, the way that you counter from difficulties in life is how you can move from one state of consciousness and mm -hmm. moving into the next state mm -hmm. of consciousness instead of basking in it. And then one last thing is the book, and I've mentioned it before why zebras don't get ulcers. Zebra mm -hmm. has to run away from a lion immediately within you know five seconds, and and automatically has to shift from parasympathetic yep. to sympathetic. Turn on every motor system from heart, you know, neuroepinephrine, uh, mm -hmm. peripheral vision, acidic body, all of these things to survive, mm -hmm. and then five minutes after the chase completely back to homeostasis yes, exactly where you know humans are, are running around like there's a lion chasing them mm -hmm. and living in that stress factor yeah. and we can circle that back to the modern day you know mental system the modern day health system the modern day e economic system mm -hmm. all of these structures that are not serving in the centropy yes, of life exactly we, we, we're we're out of alignment right now. Let's just call it what it is. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Collectively, we most certainly are. And yeah. we're clearly in the midst of a process yeah. to bring ourselves back into alignment, yeah. which requires the death of the old structures, right, that have been upheld through time, 
that brought us to this point. And clearly those structures are no longer working and they're breaking down rapidly, which is a good thing, even though it's temporarily disruptive. And yet in physics, chaos precedes a reorganization into higher order. So whenever we find ourselves in a chaotic moment, I think, yes, absolutely. whatever's coming after this is going to be really good. I'm feeling... (laughs) You know, the the chaos and the storm. Yeah. And it really feels good. It does. And you know. well, and we, you know, we get to be agents of coherence mm-hmm. within this sea of incoherence. Like those of us that have found our freedom, have rooted into our sovereignty, that understand that when we are rooted into our sovereignty and integrity with ourselves, the impact we actually have to on the field, right? right. And when one is embodying a coherent field, Incoherence naturally wants to entrain into coherent patterns. It's just physics, right? So regardless of what's happening around us, when we make that choice to just be that I at the center of the storm, we can witness how life responds to us. Absolutely. And, and that's a fun game to play. That is the that is the <laughs> ultimate game to play. It is. That is the laws of resonance within the DNA field. Mm-hmm. Science is catching up, and I'm talking about true science yeah. on terms of in terms of these thoughts mm-hmm. and these calibrations. Your ability to be able to run on a vibratory field that matches your pure authenticity and your highest level of health is the ultimate key to sovereignty in this life, one billion percent. And Absolutely. nothing should be able to take that away from you. I'm not mm-hmm. ta- I'm talking about traffic 5g cigarettes smoke matter. tv mm-hmm. all of that stuff it, you, if you're equipped with this type of resonance and this type of practice and this awareness you have a much better shot absolutely yeah. yes yes well and i think it's our only shot really yeah yeah <laughs> ultimately at this point, at this point at this you know point, it's, it's really yeah. it's it's deafening in order to yeah. to survive fundamentally yeah. survive we must yeah. you know as as many as possible remember this and and the more that remember, the more the field is strengthened, the easier it is for more and more to remember what's just most natural and true and right. reclaim our birthright. And um, yeah, I get excited about this. <laughs> this, is, this is the gold. This is. is the juicy mm-hmm. stuff. This is what matters. It is what matters. You know, it's not a lesson plan, you know, one through 10 and a daily mantra. Mm-hmm. It's an inner gnosis. Mm-hmm. It's coming to terms with things in your life mm-hmm. to set your soul on fire. Exactly. And, and, you know, how many people in this world right now are actually living in their dharma? Like what their soul contracts came here to do mm-hmm. and operating with that integrity. Unfortunately, a, a low percentage at this point. Again, I feel we're in that moment where the scales are, are turning. More yeah. and more people are realizing they have the choice right. to actually even choose that, right? Because yeah. so many got caught in in the system and the indoctrination of doing the right thing, the thing right. that was expected of them. So, you know, I, I just consider myself a walking for missionary doing everything I can to give everyone I come into contact with permission to remember. Mm. First and foremost, to have a direct experience of their natural self, of that wholeness that has always remained intact at the core, regardless of what they've experienced. And once one has a a direct experience of that, there is a visceral reference point that can call them back, right? Their baseline. A baseline, yeah. So it's a safety. Exactly. But but a real safety. Yeah, home. I belong yeah. here. Yeah. That's where you get to feel the that innate sense of belonging that we all require as mm. humans, right? But it, it has to come from here first. Like I belong to myself. I am in charge of this domain, right? Yeah. I make the choices yeah. that are right for me. Only I can know what's an in integrity for myself and choose that. 
No one else can do that for me. So there's a there's a responsibility that comes with that, right? And not responsibility as a burden. Not an obligation. No, no like, like our a ability purpose. to respond. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah our this, ability to respond to life, mm. you know, from our integrity, creatively, resourcefully, and and within that too. One thing that I've I've been really been shown for years and have just chosen to embody as a full out experiment in my own life is is to shift these collective belief systems that we've agreed agreed with for quite some time and have participated in. Um, and that is that we we evolve and we grow through struggle and challenge and conflict, right? Yeah. Which is true. We do. Yeah. It's one way. And, and I'm certainly obviously not adverse to any of that as I've described through my stories. Yeah. And yet through all of those experiences and going through it and evolving tremendously, what's been revealed to me is that we're actually fundamentally designed to continually innovate yeah. through pleasure, through play, through joy. And if you watch nature and animals, you see this, right? Children. And so I've given my life over to this experiment and I can say it's going really well. Let's get into that part right there <laughs> because that right there is the exact opposite or the mm -hmm. antithesis of scarcity mentality mm -hmm. and poverty yeah, conscious, it is right? Fundamentally abundant. It's the it's exactly mm -hmm. it's the it's the juiciest golden nugget mm -hmm. ever. So so walk me through <laughs> what we're talking about mm -hmm. in terms of the pleasure and the and the the way that you navigate through this, so you can be experiencing this in, in abundance, mm -hmm. where so many people are devoid of this. Right. Well, fundamentally, it comes back to nourishment, right? And opening the pathways of nourishment in in our body and our subtle bodies. But we have to feel nourished, really, to actually experience true pleasure. Because I also want to make a distinction. There's there's empty pleasure, which is what we're fed and what bombards us from all the directions like this is pleasure I'm like dopamine yeah like porn right yeah. this is pleasure mm, not really not so much like if that's pleasure i'm sorry that's sad yeah. right it's wisps and little needles exactly of it. Yeah, exactly yeah. and so true pleasure my experience is that true pleasure is nourishment and true pleasure is a guide that brings us into deeper contact with what's most natural and true it allows us to feel more authentic and connected, embodied, connected to our senses, lit up and turned on by life. Ego death has to happen in this process. It has to. Right? You yeah. have to surrender all that you thought you knew mm -hmm. and your and your restrictiveness. I mean, I, I can look myself in the mirror and feel into what we're talking about right now. And even through the embodied work that I've done, the medicine that I've done, and everything that I know, I still feel there are parts of me that have to surrender mm -hmm. for me to fully allow myself to free fall into this you know bliss of love mm -hmm. <laughs> yes yes it's yeah. essential yeah. <laughs> those those parts cuz those are the p parts that keep us bound and again living small and diminished right which is not such a pleasurable existence like having having to have control yeah exactly right yes. and that's something for me as well as there's Ooh, certain parts of that. One. Yeah, there's mm. certain parts of that mm -hmm. that come back, and sometimes I can free fall. Yeah. So it's interesting. Keep going. I please. mean, even in myself, with uh, how how deeply I've I've cultivated this pathway, the the control piece. I I feel there was a way that I I created control in certain ways to create a sense of safety in my life. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like if I can control these elements in my environment, and then there's some safety I feel here. So, you know, I'm I'm I have a perfectionist in me. Sure. And I get to continually work with that part that just likes things done really, really well. There's nothing wrong with that. There's the gift and the artistry of that. Right. And yet I have to just let go at the same time and 
okay, that's it's good enough, and I'm not going to create any stress around it. It's just <laughs> totally. not worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes to letting go of the control. And another another little word on that is another piece that came to me was that when we release the control that we think we have, because we just think we're in control, we're not actually we're in, not control, in control, right? Of course so not. we release the control we think we have, then we're able to restore our true command, mm. right? And that the command is how we respond, right? right? So that's that's empowered, right? That's the strength. Yeah, it is the strength. Yeah, yeah, that it was is, beautifully absolutely. said. Well, and then just one more little little soundbite on there is um, what was shown to me since I was a child that this prevailing thread that wove through my life wove itself through my life was that. Um, my ultimate strength lies in my capacity and willingness to be split wide open and vulnerable. Ooh. Oof. Ooh. Oof. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, That's I have everything. just found it to be so deeply true um, through so many different situations. I, I've chosen this um, yeah. in the face of all the defense structures, like, no, <laughs> you know? And yet it's gotten so easy at this point. I, when I'm offered the opportunity to be really vulnerable about something, I'm like, okay, that's my cue. Just say yes and jump off the cliff and just trust. And just go for it. And it always yeah. yields something so far better than what my small mind could have ever possibly imagined right. that it's just, it's the non-choice at this point. That's the one choice that remains. Yeah. So. Okay, so okay, where were we? Guide me back into where you wanted me to go. We were, we were. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going through my own mm -hmm. reflections right now because this is a quasi medicine journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. when you open up these lines of communications that embody so much more than a linear mind, you go into the nuances of experiences. Mm -hmm. That's why time is an illusion, yep. because what happened 18 years ago in the jungles and what I felt in that moment, I'm feeling it right now. Mm -hmm. Or when you smell your mom's cooking, you remember being six years young. Yeah. All of these things are embedded within mm -hmm. us and it gives us permission to access all of it. Yes. And it's the deltas between pain and euphoria mm -hmm. that creates such movement and allows me to oscillate where I'm like, okay, let's keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and, and the rest of my day now, is charged because yeah. I choose it to be charged. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I got it. So we were <laughs> we were talking about pain, like giving really people these tools and kind of highlighting this pathway, right? And sure. I'll tie that back to the birth too in my experience and, and how I just relate it to everything. So I like to give the analogy, I think having a visual helps to imagine imagine the body like a hose, right? And water moving through a hose. So energy, vitality, life force moving through the body. Now, when you put a kink in the hose, the water is going to ram up against that point in an attempt to unkink it so that it can keep flowing because water and energy need to keep flowing right along their path. So those traumas and those experiences are like the kinks in the hose in our body. Um, so when we're experiencing pain, it's because the energy is actually meeting a point where it can't flow all the way through because of one of these crystallizations, right? So what it takes in this process, and birth is a great place to practice it because the energy input is so intense that it highlights you know, very loudly wherever those obstructions are. So it actually makes it very easy to focus. It's harder when it's a little amorphous or, or numb, right? But it's, it's very, very present. So but this could also be applied to anything beyond birth. So say you stub your toe, you know, or you injure yourself in some way, it's going to be the same experience. So what it takes is, again, going in, 
meeting that point of intensity, wherever it's ramming up against it, creating the intensity of sensation, meeting it with our full presence and our breath and continually dying unto it. Mm. Like literally, it's like you're dying unto an infinite center you never actually reach. And you have right. to just keep giving over, 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 over into it. Right. And in doing so, it begins to open and unravel. Penetrating and that blockage. Exactly. Going directly so to it. So that the energy can move all the way through it. I, I actually did this with someone you might know, Kyle. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. I, Kyle's yeah. a great place to practice this. <laughs> For those that don't know, an incredible body worker that takes you on an eight-hour journey that's excruciating, excruciating and liberating. Excruciating and liberating. Yes. We did it in my living room. <laughs> and that was, and you know, we went directly to the pain spots. Mm -hmm. And everything you're saying, I, that's all that just popped up in my yeah. head was that experience. And for a week after that, I was in some i was in some kind of mood mm -hmm. you know it was freeing yet i was sad well it's brought everything it's up right total, and so the yeah. system just has to metabolize it it's just like chelating just with it. it's just yeah. like chelating mercury from your body mm, yes. or something it's the same thing so through the pain mm. and going through it, what, what are some steps and methods you do to go to the pain? Well, really simply, the way that I, I articulate this, this process is, again, you close your eyes, turn your senses inward, eliminate the distractions of whatever's going on outside of you so you can be completely focused on what's happening inside of your skin. And then it's twofold. You're simultaneously continually scanning the body from head to toe to find where am I contracting? Because we involuntarily contract and hold tension in different places. So there has to be a very active process of surrendering our tension right. and the holding, right? So that we become hollow. Right. And then wherever the intensity is of the sensation we're experiencing, we have to bring our full focus right there. Mm. Meet it entirely and keep bringing our breath into it. Now, I also find sound really helps. I mean, sound actually physiologically vibrates. You know, the vibration of the sound in the body can help to vibrate and dislodge some of that density and yep. help to actually shift patterns very right. quickly. So I use sound along with the breath. And it can be, you know, it could just be a simple like, oh, like an oh, you know, it doesn't actually matter what the sound is. Right. You can even experiment with moving your mouth into different shapes, noticing where that hits in the body because different shapes and different tones will actually hit physically very in very different places so let it be an experiment of hmm, what works you know to open this but the important part is keeping the body open relaxed that state of relaxed alertness yeah. that allows us to be hyper responsive and fully focused with meeting right the not somewhere else nope. totally tuned in completely invested in the moment I love what you're saying about sound and vibration mm -hmm. and cymatics. Mm -hmm. You know, we are a crystalline object. Yeah. We're made of water and salt, which are all crystals. And through the auditory mm -hmm. file and the vibra vibratory field, you know, we can penetrate all aspects of the body. That's why people love doing sound baths mm -hmm. and things like this. And that's why some people are so sensitive to unharmonic noises. Yes. You know, that's why I can't hear beeps and you know alarms and all that kind of stuff once I you get really it. finely tuned you yeah. do become very sensitive to these sounds that just feel very oh, garish it's dissonant debilitating yes. on all levels distracting mm -hmm. distracting anger pops up for mm. me with un, uh, you know strange noises and stuff like that well, certain frequencies actually evokes emotional states in the system so absolutely mm -hmm. so there's so many ways you know there's so many areas we can get into mm -hmm. i think this was just an amazing start. Mm. And this was a very perfect way for people, especially my audience, to get to know who you are. Mm. 
I want to do this again with you. Right. I yeah, want to go. I mean, we could have a whole conversation about sound. That's a whole other channel that That's, I surf through. It, yes. Exactly. Happy to can... keep showing up for the conversation to unfold. <laughs> <laughs> Such an honor to receive that. Thank you. Um, before we go, I'd love to have you do a quick chat about what's going on in Mama Kauai mm. because we are surging in that energy mm -hmm. and our families are all connected there. We mm -hmm. were you know, just talking about this the other day with some of our friends and family over on the North Shore. What do you have going on over there? Mm, well, first and foremost, I, Kauai for me is just home. On this planet, it's the place that I feel most closely matches me. So it's where I most effortlessly flourish and thrive. For 20 years, I've had a vision of creating one of the next level villages and communities and an entire global network of them. Yet I've always seen that the first one that I would be a part of stewarding and co-creating is on Kauai. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of energy coming together right now, the right people and the land presenting itself to create this land project where we are really integrating these different aspects of my life that I've lived through, like the high technology and the whole world of with the Resonance Project and Science Academy with my my husband, you know, Nassim Haramain. And um, I'm connected to so many really advanced, innovative technologies that are generative, that are harmonious with, with life, right, in our biosphere. So being able to create a living system where we integrate all of these different technologies, the food-growing technologies, the health and wellness technologies, the, the relational technologies, the you know, the transformational technologies, like Efficiencies, medicine. Efficiencies, the real Exactly, stuff, and yeah. how we can live in harmony and in integrity with ourselves, with each other, with the earth, creating these living systems as a template of what's possible, uh, which includes an aspect of um, really restoring indigenous wisdom and bringing that together with innovation so that we have wholeness and balance because I see that this is so fundamental to what we need right now on this planet for us all to flourish. And, and also really helping to repair the damage that colonization has done to divorce us from that indigenous earth-based wisdom that we require we require all now so so i'm excited to be just one of many who are sharing in this vision and are finding each other and it's coalescing mm -hmm. so working on purchasing the land right now so we can begin establishing and yeah that's what's most exciting for me in Kauai. And why my energy is most invested there at this time no, i love it yeah I mean, that's what i stand for yeah that's what symbiotica stands mm -hmm. for that's our ethos absolutely merging you know the highest integrity and ancient wisdom with the technology we know today mm -hmm. to make things in the, in the best way ever. We're so in alignment with that. And all of this is happening through an organization that I've I've co-founded uh, called the Temple of Wholeness. So we are 501c3. We now have our church status, which is a really beneficial structure to work through and rewriting religion. I feel yeah. personally very passionate about it relates to everything we've spoken about, the birth, pleasure, you know, the layers that we've accumulated that have, again, disconnected us from owning and knowing our creative power, our, our sexual power, which is our creative energy, right? Yeah, our, the connection to our bodies, the connection mm -hmm. to the earth. So the Temple of Wholeness is really devoted to reestablishing that. Re yeah. that fundamental direct connection yeah. to know ourselves as that, to yeah. know our interdependence from our sovereignty mm. and to remake this world in the likeness of what is most true mm. in the likeness of wholeness to restore the, the blueprint of what each one of us has intended to become in our fullest expression, fully contributing our gifts and our unique genius as a contribution to this whole, to this planetary symphony and this planet. I feel 
Yeah, so much joy and passion and <laughs> devotion to this. So this is what I'm doing now. We're all part of this web of life. Mm. You know, we all are here to serve and to be part of the collective unfolding and growth mm. pattern that's going to take us into the new world. Yes. This is it. The time is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's right now right in now. this breath. Mm -hmm. Interesting, you know, I had Stephen Brooks on here mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, and I would say a big part of our conversation was this was a very similar topic. Mm. And people are waking the fake up. They are. You know? Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And yeah. I just Glory be. want to say I honor you. Mm. I support you. Thank you. Uh, everybody listening, please, you might want to listen to this uh, conversation two or three times mm. and take notes. Maybe close your eyes the first time, mm. put something over your face, put <laughs> some headphones on and just drop in. See if this tickles something inside of you that's been mm. talking to you and you've been suppressing it. Mm. Maybe you're already operating with this form of integrity and authenticity and you are a beacon of light around your sphere of influence. I don't know. <laughs> but either way, we'd love to have you on board on everything that we're doing. Mm. This is the way. This is the life. And mm. again, gratitude for you, sister. Mm. I honor you. I cherish you. I love you forever. Thank you, Shervin. It's so completely mutual. Yeah. Thank you for your dedication to being a pillar of integrity. And I see that how you do one thing is how you do everything. That's so true with you. So mm. I appreciate that deeply. So good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. Deepest gratitude. Mm, thank you. Aho. Aho. Gratitude family for tuning in today and deep reverence to you all for dedicating your time to seeking knowledge and truth. This is what it's all about. You can find more of my podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. You can also find this on my website at wakethefakeup.com. Life is all about momentum. Please leave a review so I can hear your experiences and share with your friends, family, and anyone who needs to hear this message. This is a revolution of consciousness. This is just the beginning. I am all in. I'll be back next week for another epic conversation. Stay tuned, family. Big love.